Hello and welcome to Mozart of Hoops, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of basketball, how we learn to appreciate its beauty, and understand the ebbs and flows of the game. My name is Ian Quinn, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Chris and Owen. Chris, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm furious after a morning of uh, playing 2K, so I'm primed <laughs> to split hairs and oh, uh, there you argue go. over tedious details that probably don't matter. Well, that's that's one way to that's one way to start, and we will we will be very tedious today. So this 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 might be a good day for you. Um, Owen, how about you? How are how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, I'm a bit tired, though, because Ian had to get us up at the butt crack of noon to record this podcast. <laughs> even though yeah, sorry. Dunas was pushing for three hours earlier. Yeah, even though Dunas was, you know, pushing for a 7 a.m. start for us. Um, yeah, got us up real way too early. I'm, I'm yeah, so sorry no, about that. that. Best. We would have been on our A game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've been doing pretty good myself. That um, Mamba mentality. Ian. Yeah, that's true. We, we, we should have that Mamba mentality, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I've been really loving the playoffs so far, even though some of the games have been a little rough to watch. Um, just, you know, just some good, good quality games so far. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Boston series is going to seven. So that, that's that's probably been the best series thus far in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been good. I've, I've been really, really enjoying basketball a lot lately. Um, so let's, let's, let's dive in here. Uh, so today we will be starting our first podcast series. Uh, it's going to be called, uh, and it's, 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 it's a quite, it's a topic that the three of us have been discussing for quite some time. Um, the art of the passing big, um, I know I got a little fancy with the name there. Um, so the, this, this first episode, however, I think all three of us kind of want to do this. Uh, we want to, it's going to be spent as like a prologue of sorts. We want to begin with our definitions of what exactly the big man role is. Um, I know having talked with both of you on this, uh, we seem rather far apart on this, uh, on how we, on how we view this. Uh, so Chris... I know you said you wanted you had something you wanted to say right away. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's that we're far apart so much as just there's no accepted definitions for these things, maybe. Or if there is, I I don't know whose definition we're using. There's not a Merriam-Webster basketball <laughs> dictionary that we go off of, you know, to define these positions. So, you know, when we say big, um, what what does that mean exactly? Yeah, yeah. Um, Owen, do you have any thoughts on on this? I know you were. Yeah. You... Uh, for me, it, it just seemed like we've been talking about this podcast idea for a while, and I always came back to the point that every time we talked about it, we just ended up talking about well, well, what's a big? Is PJ Tucker a big? Can he pass? We just kept getting deeper and deeper into the weeds about positions and titles, and I figured we need to actually discuss that before we actually talk about passing bigs yeah i think that's that's actually a really good idea i think it's better to have some idea of what we're actually talking about because i could list somebody that other people don't view as a big or you know it's it it's it's a very broad definition in my opinion um i just i don't i I'm trying to figure out if I, f I don't know if I think that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm so well, lost on exactly okay. what it is. So let's start <laughs> at the very beginning of, of basketball, as most of us know it, like back in the black and white fifties. So you have... You know, your traditional positions really haven't changed at all since then, at least the labels we put on them. So the roles those players, you know, assume on different sides of the court has changed over time because it's a lot more about the skills that a player has than, you know, the name of the position you're putting on them. But it originated that way for a reason. So, you know, 
back in the old days. I mean, I think the main principle of basketball is, and, and basketball has actually kind of gotten back to this a little bit uh, lately with analytics, as far as, you know, everything is about layups and dunks or threes. Like, you want to get as close as you possibly can, or you want the three points. So before we have a three-point line, the name of the game is get the ball as close as possible. So you need tall guys close to the rim who can get the ball around that area and give your team the best advantage, you know, when it comes to scoring the ball. So I think that's where, you know, we're kind of starting from. And that is what the center's job was, or, you know, the pivot man, uh, the big, was to, you know, kind of camp out on that block and get as close to the rim as possible because he had the best chance to score. Yeah, that's that's a very... Uh a very good way to start um you know and i think that it has evolved through time um where you know owen just mentioned pj tucker pj tucker is not big <laughs> he's by definition not a big um but he was playing that five role on a playoff team in the rockets so i don't know I, owen what what are your thoughts on this exactly uh, basically, just uh, what Chris said, getting into it historically, uh, as in like the role of a, a big man, a five, a center, was roughly a play finisher on offense, or just someone that you have close to the basket to defend the rim, being the tallest or biggest player. Um, it has definitely been muddied as of late. Uh, one of your favorite players, Ian, Nikola Jokic, does he necessarily fit the role of a traditional center? Um, well, I think I've mentioned this. I think he's more of a unicorn. I, I don't really think he's... He's kind of how I've changed my view on positions in general. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely a positionless fan. I, I don't think that... I don't think that there needs to be a definition or a defined role for every player on a team. Jokic, when he's on offense, is the point guard. I, I, I guess I'm giving him a position. But he's, he's, you know, he's just so different than the other bigs of what we've seen. You know, I, I, I've talked about Bill Walton. We've talked about Wilt Chamberlain. We've talked about Shaq. None of them were exactly doing what Jokic does. I've never seen somebody of Jokic's size do what he does. So, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna call him that because he does he does do work on in the post. So, I guess I would, yeah, I would call him. I would call him a big. I mean, he's obviously a big because he's you know because he's big. He's, he's humongous. Right. So like, that's obvious. I think the the question is, where do we draw the line here? Like there are certain guys we all know are bigs because they're undeniably big guys. <laughs> like they, they jump better. <laughs> they guard the biggest guy. They stay as close to the basket as they can. Typically they, you know, uh, there's, there's a whole lot of characteristics that, you know, probably everybody is already, you know, has in their mind about this and, and, you know, putting the labels on it is something different, I guess, and defining all those. But, um, you know, it's, it's just how far exactly do you, you know, veer toward the edge of that definition uh, when we're casting this net that we're going to talk about passing bigs. So, because there's, you know, teams have power forwards that are, Typically, you know, not much smaller than than the center. And that guy also oftentimes is able to play backup minutes at the center position. There are some teams who have run out, you know, two centers basically. And just, you know, one of them gets called a power forward. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's... <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where to where to draw the line still when when we talk about that. So yeah. I mean, I'm, so, I'm so, really, yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, uh, just how Ian brought up Jokic being a unicorn, something that we haven't seen before from a big, the stuff that he's doing out there on the floor. But that led me to think, you no, know, is a is a power forward 
going to be called a big? Is somebody who's really, you know, like 6'9", 6'10", is that a big? And so then I think, but I, I have seen some of what Jokic does, and I saw that with like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. So are they not bigs? Well, I think, we, yeah, we, the, the, this is, yeah, they're, they, yeah, they're not as big as, as Jokic. Sorry. Um, not as point, big. Point invalid. But, yeah, I think that it's actually interesting to talk about. I, I know you've mentioned Bird and Magic. I mentioned Dr. J um, as possibly getting center minutes, five minutes, big minutes, I guess. Um, in an era like this today. Um, and I think that it's an interesting thought experiment. I mean, we've seen magic play center before. I'm, I mean, if anybody watches winning time, you would have seen it. Um, but I don't think I'm willing to call bird and magic bigs. And it's not because they can't play it. It's just, that's not, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just such a, a broad <laughs> definition. I, I can't even, I, every time I'm like, yeah, you know what? No, they're not a big, and I'm going to say something. It, it just comes back to me. It's like, well, maybe they actually can be. Yeah. Like that's if, the PJ, yeah. if PJ Tucker is able to be effective as a five, in this era, then, uh, yeah, Bird and Magic should be effective at the five in this era. So, and I can't tell you why they wouldn't be. To be honest, like that's 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 I guess yeah. the issue. That's where this like, gets tricky I, because they when you if you want to say like okay, well they didn't play that position at the time, right? But then there are guys who play center now or who are bigs now that, that wouldn't have been when those guys played, but we, they would be fair game because they're playing that position. And, and I really can't see why bird or magic wouldn't be successful small ball centers just because of the things they're able to do that, you know, I mean, you're they're giving it up on, on defense, but certain matchups, like that's not a problem. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a problem either. And I, I mentioned Dr. J as well. I actually think Dr. J would be a, a really interesting small ball five in today's era. Um, it'd actually be a lot of fun thinking about it. It um, seems like looking back at some of the stuff that they actually did in the old ABA, that that really was way, way further ahead of its time than than even people oh, yeah. who had called it ahead of its time even realized <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I I think that um, I'm trying to think of somebody that I could see as like a small ball five that I that I watched recently. And the first one that comes to mind, um, he didn't start there because they have Alonzo Mourning. Um, but I was watching um, the Celtics versus the Hornets in the 1993 first round. Um, and you know, to start the second quarter, the Hornets went small and, uh, Larry Johnson, uh, was their center for a time being now defensively. That's probably not the best, but he was very effective at it. He was, you know, moving the ball effectively. He was, um, scoring at will in the post because he's strong as hell. Um, I think I've said before, he reminds me a lot of Zion, uh, Zion Williamson. But I think that if somebody like Larry Johnson who can can do that, who isn't he, isn't he shorter technically than Julius Irving? Larry Johnson. Um, I believe they're. Uh, I think they're like the same height, or at least they're listed the same height. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so to me, it seems like yeah, I could totally see somebody like. Julius Irving being a big in today's era for certain lineups. I don't think full time. I don't think that's the the best idea, but I do think for certain lineups, it would actually be really fun. Um, and I think that my definition of 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 positions is just I I don't think it overly matters. I think that I would want the f five best guys possible out on the court. 
that's kind of how I view it. Okay, well, then when talking about a big, do you think it's more important speaking about their offense or their defense in terms of relating them to the position? So, like, with Julius Irving, like, on offense, I mean, is he really going to be doing that many, like, traditional five things, or is he still going to be more of, like, a three-four? Whereas on defense, you know... Yeah, that's a great How are point. you going to be viewing them? Yeah, it, it's it's probably the it's it's the defensive role for sure. I think because that's where you see the most yeah. variability um, among you know roles. Period is on the offensive end. Um, you know which modern basketball has become all about you know matchups and switching and stuff like that to to account for some of that. Just because um, you know I think you've seen a lot more variability in you know skills and and abilities and things that teams are trying to leverage in certain players um where you never saw that stuff before um it was basically you know this is what we want out of our five we want you know you need to have a sound hook shot or you know you need to have solid footwork and you know i mean just certain you know skills that that, that you know as a as a traditional point guard there were certain things that were always expected of you uh you know as far as being a, a pass first playmaker and and quarterback for your team and stuff like that so um you know those archetypes um have kind of been built up just to be deconstructed over the years um because all mm-hmm. of competition is basically about you know, figuring out where to gain some kind of an advantage, um, you know, zig when everybody else is zagging, but you have to do mm-hmm. it at the right time and in the right way. And as we all know, like, you know, people are not all, you know, like we're not all cookie cutter. Like I've seen people, you can play pickup basketball and just observe like the variability and skills among different body types. And there are people who don't look like they should be able to do certain things uh, that they could do. Or you're like, boy, if you only had so-and-so's body, you would be amazing. You know, I mean, I've seen, a, 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 you know, 300 pound, five foot nine linemen just knock down 35 footers one after another like it was nothing and it's like okay well this guy's you know clearly that's not he's never gonna play uh basketball like that but boy in a different you don't you don't don't need to do you don't need to do james harden like that but you know yeah fair Um, enough i mean yeah (laughs) and that that's actually that's actually an archetype we will get into is those bigger like legitimately big big guys <laughs> and and their passing uh capabilities but um i want to i want to see how far we can push the boundaries of this what a big is Russell was, westbrook is okay I, that's exactly what i was just gonna ask yeah because he was part of that microball experiment i don't think so i i really don't um i don't see him guarding fives no. So if we're looking at it from a defensive thing, no. I, I don't see that. And I think there has to be some differentiation also. Like maybe, and this is where like the PJ Tucker line is, and maybe that's what we're, maybe that's what we could start calling this. Um, but because like there's a point at which, okay, that big role is nominal because there are no bigs out there. And it's kind of a gimmicky deal. Like you're, you're zagging a lot uh, to counter. Mm-hmm the zigs if that makes sense and also i think that yeah pj tucker was playing the five but i don't think pj tucker would have been able to play the five if robert covington wasn't there do we do we agree with that disagree i no i i think in spurt minutes of course he'd still be able to play the five um when you get down to it, I mean, like Jokic having to play the five, he still needs some sort of support as well. Everybody needs support in whatever position they're playing, especially on defense. Yeah, what what I meant was, is do we think Robert Covington was actually the five? Do we think well, that... But see, then, then we're getting back into the role of a five. I mean, P.J. Tucker, was he defending what we would want to call the five on the other team? I don't really know. I, well, first off, I, I'm not totally familiar with their whole defensive scheme. Because I know typically that... we're, we're watching P.J. Tucker with post-defense. And 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Going back yes. to the traditional role of the five, that is where the center or the big would be and would be being defended. So it does seem like Tucker is playing that role. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Robert Covington's main role, he's he's a help guy. He's a help defender. He's one of the best at it. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, P.J. Tucker is the five. And the reason I mentioned that is because of the rim protection aspect that Covington has compared to compared to Tucker. Do we think that someone protecting the rim is more so a five? Or is that? I think that just for... it just depends. Because Derek White's a damn good yeah. rim protector. So well, no, because then then you know it leads to like you know is is a roamer going to be considered a big? Is is somebody that provides you know the weak side help? Is that a big, or does it have to be the primary post defender? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I it, it's so broad of what it could be. Versus well, what it. This is why maybe I think if we're gonna go, you know, power forward center role type players, that's kind of you know you, you're picking up both of those guys then because that's usually what it is, and it's not that yeah. there aren't other you know like wings who have you know good rim protection as well, but it's just. That's what you're, you know, it's a skill that's way more common in, in the big guys. Collar play. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too, is like, how big is Wes Unseld? Six, Not very seven. big. Yeah. Six, six seven. seven, two, fifty or so. Right. He's, you know, he was, Elvin Hayes was bigger than him, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. But Unseld was the one playing center for the Bullets. So I don't really think height can be defined by what a big is. But see, that, that, that goes back to like, like what Chris talked about. Some teams would throw two centers out there, you know, roughly a center. I mean, the Bullets were one of those teams. I mean, Elvin Hayes, by all intents and purposes, is a center. He was doing mm-hmm. center things. Like you, you talk about Marcus Camby a lot, Ian. Elvin mm-hmm. Hayes, very similar things. Yeah, only yeah. A more volume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touch more volume. <laughs> he liked to shoot a bit more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I was thinking about too, about how, um, you know, I, we were, uh, you know, the uh, last episode of uh, Winning Time just recently happened. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the starting lineup for the Sixers in that game where Magic started at center. They they were also starting two centers. You know, they were they were running Caldwell Jones and Daryl Dawkins. And what's funny is three centers, even, right? Truly serving. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're right. There there's another big. Um, is Maurice Cheeks a big? No, okay. Let's let's not get that far. Let's not get that far in the rabbit hole. Um, too early for that joke. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and it's funny because aren't, aren't the Cavaliers, the, the, the very current Cavaliers, the 2022 Cleveland Cavaliers, aren't they running three bigs? Yeah. I was just going to mention them. Yeah. Technically they are. They're completely going against what everybody else was. They're zagging when, while everybody else is zigging because Mm -hmm. you look at it and. You know, everybody was starting to go towards that small ballish type. Not everybody, but, you know, that seemed to be where the future was. And then the Cavs come in and they're starting Laurie Markinen, Evan Mobley, and Jarrett Allen, who are three seven footers. I mean, that mobility is. Like you can only do it if if you have enough mobility out there. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, teams have certainly tried this before you know failed big experiments why wouldn't teams just put five seven footers out there if you know if that was going to give michael the greatest Mal- advantage well michael malone tried that in the summer league well not michael malone but yeah, the, the nuggets did yes i remember that i think the starting lineup was like Jokic at point yeah, jeremy well- grant at shooting guard or it was a preseason game so it was malone um small forward was like 
was was it Bull Bull? Yeah, yeah, Bull Bull. Uh, power forward was uh, Paul Millsap, and then center was uh, Mason Plumley. Right. So why wouldn't so, you do that all the time? I don't know. I I, I wish people did. <laughs> but there's a reason they don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they can't. I I don't think Jokic is somebody who's going to be able to keep up with you know quick guards. And right. And even going saw that back, in the playoffs. You know, go back. I mean, we don't even think about this modern wise. Like, think about because we all know now. Like, they're you know teams very purposefully hunt mismatches to get you know smaller, quicker guys on bigger guys so that they can abuse them like that. But back in the day, think about, okay, team, you know, I, I think the thing is, it's more accepted that, you know, everything was pounded to the inside before the three-point line, which is largely true. I mean, every, you know, the offenses were compacted in there. So, um, oh, crap, I just lost my train of thought. That's um, okay, it happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, you know, the reason why it does, like you mentioned, the reason why it does work is because of the mobility and because of the spacing value, um, that a guy like Markkinen has, um, Markkinen is, you know, he's not my favorite player in the world, but he, he certainly can shoot the ball. So his ability to be able to spread out, um, and same with Mobley, Mobley is able to, um, you know, space out to the three point line that allows somebody like a Jared Allen to thrive more. Um, and you know, the, their defense was really good. Um, I know Markinen is not exactly the best defender, but he seemed to be amplified by playing next to guys like Mobley and Allen. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think, I think that you have to have the right type of big yeah. and somebody like, Markinen and Mobley and and Allen. Allen's pretty mobile himself. That's you're 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 able to do that. Yeah. Thanks for saving me because that's basically yeah. I think that's basically where I was trying to go with this. Like that's the reason it doesn't work is because like usually the tall guys like that, like your traditional bigs, like you don't find them uh, where they possess the skills of smaller guys so that you can get away with those things that often. That's why those guys are so highly sought after historically, you know, big guys who can handle and put it on the deck. You know, that's an uncommon skill for a big guy because uh, most of the time those big guys are putting it down and little guys just swat it away, you know, or they dribble it off their foot and stuff like that. So um, there's yeah. certain things that are, you know, highly, highly demanded. And if you can put a team of those like kind of, you know, those unicorn type players together, um, then you have a big advantage, but it is really hard to do because everybody's trying to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's what makes Jokic so special is there just really isn't anybody else like him right now in terms of being that, that big and everybody's trying to find that next guy, but I don't think we found him yet. Um, you know, he's just, he's just different. Um, <clears throat> And I know I was listening on, uh, I was uh, listening Sirius XM radio in the car. I was going, I had to run errands and, you know, they were talking to Rolando Blackman and they were asked, I, the show's called give and go with, uh, Rick Kamla and Antonio Daniels. And they were, uh, asking Rolando Blackman about how the, if he likes how the game has changed. And one of the first players he mentioned was Jokic in terms of how he's never seen somebody like that big bringing the ball up the court, you know, with all those post moves, with the passing. And he said he would love to play with them today. And I just think that's that's interesting how, you know, guys from like the 80s are recognizing like, yeah, this <laughs> this is a bit different like what we're seeing today. So, so what are the advantages yeah. of having a passing big guy perhaps well i think it can be the hub of the offense i think you can go to them i an example that i i i like to use more recently um is like a bam Adebayo. i think that you can use him in a sense where he's not 
he's not that great offensively. He's like not a great scorer, but he's a he's a pretty good passer, and he can almost when he gets the ball, he's able to find guys open um, from the post area. He's he's more of that traditional hub passing hub uh, big um, that I think can help open up offenses. I don't know what you guys think about that um, in terms of what the advantages are. I mean, totally. But why is, I mean, I guess what's different about a big guy passing than a little guy even? Because you could use even, I mean, you could use, it doesn't have to be a big, like there's a lot of forwards uh, that were used. Well, I think, I I do, I do think like the added height might be. Yeah. That's where I was going with that, basically. Yeah. They, you know. We I, one specific pass I can think of is the one uh, when Jokic had like 47 points against the Clippers and it was overtime and he, you know, had Zubac and Batum all over him, but he was still able to make this like insane cross court pass to Aaron Gordon for the three to, you know, pretty much win the game for the Nuggets. I don't think, you know, if let's say that was Jamal Murray, who's he was a good passer. I don't think he would have been able to make that pass just because just based off the sheer height advantage that Jokic has. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely having to do with the advantage of it is having to do with the height. And I also think big men can get doubled more, you know, a la Shaq. And if they can develop that, um, passing when they get doubled, then, um, that opens up offenses even more because there's going to be somebody open. So, okay. So before we move on too much further with that, um, just how you were just speaking about Jokic and his ability, like what he can do from the post, but also bring the ball up the court and create from there. I mean, I hate to do it, but I got to go back to magic. Does magic not at least fit that bill on offense? Because he wasn't just, you know, the point guard always bringing up the ball up the floor and everything. Like, he was cutting. He was getting into position in the post. I mean, he was doing all of these things while also, you know, passing out of the post. Does Magic not kind of fit that role? While also being, you know, what, 6'9", able, like, the best court vision imaginable. Here's the issue is you keep bringing up points that I can't really disagree with. Like, I, I can't think of anything where I'm like, no he can't i think magic's ball handling is a lot better than Jokic's, so that might be the only area where i disagree but i mean even on defense like he was typically guarding you know like like the four or you know the three so mm-hmm. like d- does he still not kind of meet these you know random requirements yeah again i, I can't i can't disagree like I, I, I can't. I, the, the whole thing depends. Like, if we're trying to be chair, like, if the way we're going to view them is like, okay, you, where would you be today? Like, if we're factoring that in at all, then the answer is obviously yes. Because you would, geez, I can't imagine a team today having Magic and not running small ball five with him, at least some of the time. Oh. So, I no, mean, I, you're doing it I for agree. sure. Like, there's no way you're not going to do that. So in that way, it's like, well, God, it's real hard to say that he's not, but you, it's just our whole lives. Nobody's ever, we haven't thought of him that way. Yeah. It's just historically, like it is just nailed into our brain. Magic Johnson, you know, six foot nine point guard. He is a point guard. The greatest point guard of all time, point guard. But right. Is he still not a big? I don't know. Is Luka John is Luka Doncic a big? I mean, is he down there, you know, defending DeAndre Ayton? I I don't know if Luka's really doing much of defending, but his post defense actually isn't that bad. But yeah, at least you know, for a, a guard forward, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I I just think it's curious because a lot of the comparisons to Luka we see today is Magic. Um, I don't necessarily agree fully but i think that yeah i mean it's hard for me to say if luca is a big luca seems to be a lot more on ball out on the perimeter than even magic was so to me i i don't think i would 
but it was I was just kind of pushing the boundaries. I don't know what you guys think. But then, I mean, like, if you get into offense, like like a point guard, it you know it typically does start from the perimeter, and it's about penetration, creating passes through your drives. Um, whereas with the big, you know, it's like you know, Bill Russell maybe operating from the elbow or the low post. Just or is that something you want to differentiate? Mm-hmm. Yes, transition. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that's actually probably a very good point. That That's probably the best distinction, well, for offense anyway, probably. It's not that there's no exceptions to that, because there's got yeah, to there, be... Yeah, there's always going to be an exception yeah, to every one of these rules we make. Yeah, but that's probably the... Okay, that's the way you would think about it. You know, according to the paradigms that we all understand, that makes sense offensively. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, again, I can't. Every time I try to think of like, well, this could this could be a way for us to differentiate. There's just something else that comes up that makes me think that anybody could really be a big. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. No, no, because I mean, there's always going to be somebody in between. But like when you think about Rod Strickland, like that's a prototypical point guard right there. That's not a big. He's not a big in any way. I think, but then you you look at the opposite end. You know, you have like George Mirazan. He's not going to be a point guard. He's always going to be a big. <laughs> this, there's somebody okay, well, always in between. This is probably more about like what are the things like how which boxes can you check, as opposed to how many other boxes does that guy also check? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. because <laughs> these players can add a whole lot of stuff. And really, I think all we care about is do you meet these certain minimum qualifications? If you can do a whole lot of other stuff, then more power to you. Um, you're a much more interesting player. Odds are, um, but. Yeah, I think you would classify as a big if you guards, uh, you know, the biggest guy on the other team in the post <laughs> on defense. If you're doing that, you probably count as a big. If you yourself are getting most of your offense through the low post, you are probably a big. If you are the tallest guy on your team, you're probably a big. There's just certain, you know, not not like every one of these things, but yeah, I think, yeah. you know, you're going to end up identifying the the commonalities there yeah i yeah i mean there there's a lot of commonalities there's easy ways to help us with some sort of a guideline um but the same time i just i keep going back to pj tucker and how he's really not your stereotypical big he just isn't to me so I guess, you know, I'll probably name this episode the PJ Tucker line. That was actually a really good that was a really good uh name there, uh, Milt. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. yeah um But then but, like, if you want to consider PJ Tucker a big, then it heads into like he's not gonna be talked about as a passing big, I'm sorry. No, no, but no. That leads no. us to like, you know, like what about Charles Barkley? Yeah. And the only I mean, reason yeah, that's hard is Barkley's a big. He, he, yeah, yeah, I guess he is. Yeah, you didn't see him I do that PJ is. Tucker thing on defense, but you probably wouldn't. I don't today. think Barkley did much on defense. But... No, but you would today. <laughs> he, he would. Yeah, I think you'd see that. You'd see Barkley small ball five stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that would actually be um, good. I, I actually think running Barkley at the five would actually be really interesting. I think a lot of it's guys like, are we going to consider like traditional power forwards to be bigs, no matter what their size is? I think so. But like what, I... what's an extreme example you're thinking of here. Well, well, again, since since we, we brought up PJ Tucker, you know, like Charles Barkley or I mean, just these like the shorter guys that played the bigger. Yeah, positions. I think Barkley qualifies. And here's a point I was going to bring up. Like I, I was kind of saving this, but like I, I was going to say like they're probably is certainly a correlation here between uh passing bigs and and height like what i am starting to observe anyway is that you this is a skill you're more commonly seeing in the undersized bigs which makes perfect sense because <laughs> they're they don't have as much length to get the to get the shots up mm-hmm. 
yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. agree yeah. with that. Um, I think an, an important thing for us to do while we, you know, this, this will probably be a, a decently long, um, series that we're doing. I think that something that will be important is defining the different types of passers to be able to differentiate. Um, you know, I already mentioned Jokic is the unicorn. If Owen is wanting to put wanting to put magic and bird in there, then go for it. But um, you know, um just I think defining because I think one thing we can define is certain play styles. Um, so, you know, I think that will be important going forward in this. I don't know what you guys think if if defining, you know, yeah, these. I think that's a probably yeah. the the best starting point to be honest, because there's you know there are certain there's a progression to the evolution of you know big man passing that's. You know, it's relatively easy to follow if you, you know, look at the types of players uh, as we start walking through history. I, th I think, you know, it's it's fairly easy to see, like, why certain skills developed at certain times or, you know, why someone was able to make a particular use of that at a certain time uh, to counter, you know, what you're more commonly seeing in the competition. Yeah. Yeah, and there's going to be so many of these guys to cover. Um, I know I've already watched about, I want to say, 14 of them, <laughs> and there's plenty more to go through. Um, you know, I, I think that... Um, Patrick Ewing doesn't count. Of course not. He he, he lacks nah, the vision. He, 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 <laughs> We're going to sit here talking about Oliver Miller. Come on. Ah... Okay, there you go. Miller's a better passer than Ewing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I actually watched a game where Miller and Ewing were playing in the same game. Miller was a better passer that game. <laughs> Just so. <laughs> yeah, how much attention does Oliver Miller draw? So this well, is when Charles Barkley was when Charles Barkley wasn't on the floor because he wasn't playing that game. Oliver Miller was drawing a decent amount of. Um, Nah, I don't want. I, well, it's because Oliver Miller was able to get Cedric Sabalos the ball. Cedric Sabalos was the center on that team. Okay, I'm kidding. So here's this. This brings up a good point because this is another important distinction here. Like th there is a big difference between passing skill or like your you know pure talent for passing the ball, which could be you know encompasses like you know touch. Um, timing, um, you know, a lot of different, you know, the, the pace that you're putting on it from different, you know, distances and stuff like that. There's a whole lot of uh, variability in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 just to keep it on Oliver Miller, I do think he has that passing skill. I think that's one of his, I, I think he's a passing big. I don't think that he's, you know, in the upper echelon of it, but I wanted to talk about him because I think he's, I don't think he's talked about enough. That's, that's why Owen brought up Oliver Miller. Um, but yeah. And there's know. guys like Ewing, you know, obviously Ewing is one who's much maligned for his passing ability, but, um, the fact that he commands so much attention because of his ability to score the ball does mean he has some impact passing. If he can get it out of the double team, the fact that he has drawn it in the first place has some, you know, some value. Yeah, I, I I agree. I just I think where the the difference is is that Ewing does lack some vision. Um, I don't think he's. Yeah, I think he just lacks. I just think he lacks the basic vision to be called a passing big. He's a scorer to me, um, and I think that when he's doubled, then he can make the right pass, but sometimes I really don't think he does. And here's my thing um, with this is, like, I know there are guys on this list who are also scorers. Um, hands down, that's yeah. what they are. They're scorers. But they just, 
yeah. they pass a little bit better than maybe Patrick Ewing did, or a little bit more consistently. But on the scale, are they are they that much better? Yeah, yeah. So like like back to Oliver Miller and Patrick Ewing. You're talking about how Oliver Miller has more passing skill, or at least how it it, it is viewed that is his passes are just more skilled. But like, is he actually warping the defense with a scoring threat like Ewing would be? No, no, no. He's he's not. Um, he's not exactly a scoring threat. I don't think he ever really was. Um, I think you mentioned to me how Barkley wished that he was more of a scoring threat in the post. Was it Owen? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's that's just not who he who he was. And I almost it's it's funny because I've been I've watched a lot of Marcus Camby lately. Him and Oliver Miller are actually relatively similar. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Camby entered the league at like 190 pounds. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm talking about not how they look in terms of where they are positioned on the court. I think they're pretty similar. And Camby's not exactly wowing anybody with his scoring. He's, you know, he's kind of, he's, he's out on the perimeter just trying to create in ways. So. Well, I mean, that was an aspect of his game, but typically he was working, you know, from the elbows. Um, uh, always kind of stuck in the mid range to allow both like Carmelo or when he played with him, Iverson to kind of get room to score inside. I what's funny is is about and I don't want to I don't want to harp on this for too long because we're gonna end up talking about these guys more in detail anyways. You know, with Camby, he seemed like he was looking to pass, and when he would move, he would go down along the baseline, and he'd just be kind of like analyzing, you know, the floor, and it would almost be like he was he was hunting for offensive rebounds. That seemed like his main offensive arsenal to me. Um, you know, he, he had the jumper. Um, you know, when it went in, it looked good. When it didn't, it, it was pretty rough to watch. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too far into this, but that's just kind of how I, how I saw Marcus Camby when I was watching him play. Very unique player. Very unique player. In some ways, but he's also pretty similar to Joakim Noah and... And Bam Adebayo, honestly, they all kind of fit that passing hub type of yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I just I Although guess can I... be with a lot more attempts at like perimeter creation for some damn reason. Yep. <laughs> hey, I, I I I've seen him throw a couple nice alley oops to Lamarcus Aldridge in his Blazer years. So they can learn I from Andre Miller. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Andre Miller. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think that we're still pretty far apart. Well, not exactly far apart, but we we've. I don't think we still actually know what a big is. But we have a concept because we do. I mean, there's there's always a concept. There's always going to be some sort of name or player that doesn't necessarily fit, or a player who looks like they fit that actually doesn't. It, it's 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 malleable. Mugsy Bogues passing big thoughts. No, I think Boykins. I mean, Boykins. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he could like on my CYO team. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, I think we're we're you know we've kind of you know talked about this at length for about fifty minutes now. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention regarding this? So that when we start this, we kind of can look back on this, know what we're talking about. No, I, I mean, I think we touched on most things. There's always going to be some sort of disagreement or kind of like questions being brought up as we go along. Like, you know, we may touch on something like, you know, like LeBron James, honestly. But, I mean, most people really don't consider him to be a big even though he's he's big, basically Carl Malone size, who we probably will consider a big. It, it's just it's going to be interesting. Yep, it, it, it's going to be a fun series. I'm 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 really looking forward to it myself. Um, I've been we've been talking about this for how many months now? At least at least four months, I'd say. 
So I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to beginning this. Chris, do you have any added, added thoughts? No, I mean, I'm, I, we spent a lot of time talking about the fringes and stuff like that, but I mean, I'm, I'm most looking forward just to, uh, you know, talking about actually the more traditional passing bigs that, you know, I don't think yeah, any of us would yeah, disagree with. And that's the, you know, hopefully we, we, you know, could spend most of our time talking about that instead of, you know, hovering around the yeah. and and splitting hairs over <laughs> what exactly. Well, that, that's, that's, that, that's why I wanted, you know, I think Owen wanted this as hmm. well. I just, you know, I think it would be better to have this as like, you know, uh, a prologue episode, almost um, a preview to what we're doing um, so that we know, so people kind of have an idea of what we actually think a big is. So I definitely like doing this, um, doing this episode. Um, yeah, this clears the way so that we can actually focus on talking about the archetypes yeah. and yeah. the different passes that are valued from those archetypes. Like, you know, I want to see some like Kareem or Wilt shovel passes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about them for sure. Yeah, of course. Of course, we'll talk about them. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'll, I am. Oh, I'm I'm ready to talk about Hot Plate Williams. I am I'm fired up to talk about Hot Plate Williams. Good. But well, now that you've uh, mentioned who he is, people can uh, spend a little bit of time figuring it out, for preparing themselves. themselves. Yeah, they can they can check yep. out his Basketball Reference page. So, um, so yeah, I think I Oliver think this... Miller and Hot Plate Williams. I'm seeing a trend. Uh... Heavy passers. <laughs> yep. Um. So I think this is a good spot to um, conclude. Um, appreciate you guys coming on again. Um, you know, make sure to follow us um, on Twitter at Mozart underscore of underscore hoops. Follow us on Instagram uh, at Mozart of hoops, all one, all lowercase. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Ian Page Quinn. You can follow uh, Chris on Twitter at Chamberlain Milt, I believe. Yep. And you can uh follow um you can also follow the new the new Twitter, uh new Twitter guy on the app, uh his dudeness at his dudeness MBA, I believe is what it is. I haven't checked um, in like a month. <laughs> I don't check mine often either. Yep. I mean that's actually that's actually a lie. You liked my Bob Lanier tweet the other day. Oh, so yeah. okay. rest in peace to Bob Lanier, who is a passing big. By the way, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I and we're 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 on every single platform now, pretty much. Uh, I know we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify is the main ones. We I, I do a, a video episode on YouTube uh, where I include clips. Um, so yeah, it, you know, I I'm I'm pretty happy with how this podcast has started out so far. Um, I hope you guys are all enjoying it out there and until next time, uh, peace.